You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. When putting together your gear, wrap a piece of duct tape around your water bottle. It's barely noticeable, but if another piece of gear breaks or tears, pull off your tape to make a quick patch or repair. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. the baddie oh patty the baddie <laughs> i just had to do that uh hey everybody wish, it's i paul. wish you would have warned me <laughs> sorry man uh it's paul fontaine in the clinch that was ryan frederick and uh we are back with our weekly show and uh, we are gonna look back at uh ufc london we're gonna look ahead to uh columbus it's awesome to be talking about these ufc on the roads and hopefully they get back to doing that regularly soon and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later too as well um but uh yeah it's uh hey ryan i have not got a chance to ask you about this on the air um so what are your thoughts about uh Packers re-signing uh, Aaron Rodgers and then dumping their best wide receiver. I mean, I mean, I kind of figured, kind of figured it was going to happen, and, and you know everything I read that Aaron Rodgers knew it was going to happen whenever he re-signed. Re-signed. There was a couple week, couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, friends in Vegas told me that Devontae Adams had bought a home in Las Vegas, and there was always talk about if he was going to leave the Packers, it was going to be to the to the Raiders, and it made made sense. So I'm not really surprised. I hope they can go out and get some weapons because. I mean, I I hate the fact that those two are broken up. I mean, NFL salary cap is is what it is. It's a it's a mess to try to try to figure out. I would hate to be a GM because you have to make tough decisions like that. But uh, but yeah, it it stings a lot. But you know, you just got to move on. 
Yeah, I mean, they got some draft picks, right? So, um, I mean, they should be able to get, you know, somebody decent. And like, they uh, can, yeah, and they can, there's plenty of veteran wide receivers out there, too. You know, they look at Jarvis Landry and o- Odell. They could probably get at a league minimum coming off of his ACL injury and just little, little things, little things. It's just, you know, it's, it's still a bummer, though. I could see them, uh, I don't know if he'll still be there when they draft, but going for like a Garrett Wilson feels like a guy that would fit really well there. But yeah, some some uh, wide, some top wide receiver that needs to be the focus on the number one. Yeah, on their on whatever their first pick. I'm, I'm sure they have two first round picks now. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and I guess yeah, the the Raiders one will be higher. I would, no, I guess I guess their own would be higher. Maybe they package them up and trade up. Who knows? No, no, we'll no. Out. The Raiders, the Raiders pick will be higher. The Raiders pick will be around 16, 18, somewhere in that that range. Oh, the okay. Packers okay. pick will be around thirty or something because they had the they had the best record in football. Yeah, in I football, know. I, I just so they should be so uh, in, so I think they should be pick number thirty. Okay. It, okay. So. Yeah, you're. I don't know why I was I, I was thinking the Raiders went further in the playoffs, but I, it's been a while. And well, not well, the way I think the way it works is is the two teams in the Super Bowl have picks thirty one and thirty two, and then it goes by records. Oh, okay, yeah, that's I think that's what they do in the NHL too, and then they have well, they also have a lottery um, for the uh, non playoff teams. But all right, but we're not here to talk about football. We're here to talk about uh, MMA, and uh, as as always, we're going to kick off with our we have to talk about segment, and uh, we got to talk about Connor this week. Um, you know, I mean, there's a number of things we could have picked, and and we're going to probably dwell on a few different things tonight. But um, I guess on Friday, Connor was bored of not being in the media too often in the last couple months, so decided to uh, do a YouTube show and uh, call out <laughs> Kamara Usman, and uh, you know, whatever. Um, I, you know, and Usman responded uh, with uh, smile with a laughing emojis um but i mean this is getting some traction like you know and i've even heard people say that you know they could see this fight being made um i don't i mean obviously as a title fight it's ridiculous uh i don't think connor has like any chance of winning and i don't even necessarily think it's the biggest money fight for connor even though Usman's a draw uh what, what are your thoughts on this well, first of all, I'd like to find the people who who actually think that this fight could get made. I would like to find those people, round them up, and hit them all in the head all at the same time. Okay, well, one, one of them is Dave Meltzer, so the fight's not going. The fight's not going to happen. That fight's not happening next. Uh, Usman and Leon Edwards are fighting in July. July. This is just Connor yeah. running his Connor running his mouth because because all of a sudden now it's like, oh, you're not getting the next lightweight shot. Well, I'm, you know, you're not bumping Justin Gaethje out of his title shot now. He's trying to bump Leon Edwards out of his out of his title shot. Now it's not going to work. It's just it's done. It's just Connor just being Connor, and I really have no thoughts about it because because honestly, Usman would wipe the floor with him. So it's not even a yeah. It's a completely pointless fight to make, and and honestly, it's a completely pointless fight to talk about. Talk about in my opinion. But I mean, just just I don't know. Okay. I mean, I know why it's getting traction, but I, it's not. It's getting traction for all the wrong reasons. I mean, use you, you know some of these people need to use their heads and just just you know wake up in reality. Conor McGregor is a lightweight. He does not need to be fighting at welterweight. He's too <laughs> small for that. You know, even if he even if he gets muscular, his his length, his frame, 
his frame is reached. It's too small for welterweight. He needs to give that up. He just, you know, it's okay, cool. You beat Nate Diaz and Cowboy Cerrone at 170 pounds. That makes you think you can compete with Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman and Kamzat Chimaev and Gilbert Burns. Those guys are 170 pound guys. Connor's a Connor's a lightweight. So he just needs to you know, he needs, he's always going after the biggest, the biggest and baddest just because that's how that, that's how he is. Yeah. But he's just because he's delusional a lot of times, <laughs> you know, so. It's- okay, so um, there's a name you, you, you mentioned there in passing. And, and I was on Bruise News with uh, Garrett Gonzalez, James McDaniel, and uh, Sam Shipman uh, yesterday on uh, the Fight Game Media YouTube channel. And they asked me a question, and I was... I was pretty sure we had talked about it, but I couldn't remember the answer you gave me. And so I, I, I want to take this opportunity to ask you now because I told him I would. Um, why would they not be looking at potentially Connor and Colby Covington? Because that seems like it would be a money fight. Although, is it is it just as simple as what you said about the welterweight? You know, Covington's just way too big for him? Yeah, I think it's just as simple as that. I've never heard that fight even being bandied about because I don't... Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean I've never even heard Connor even bring up Colby Covington's name. name. I don't think he sees Colby Covington as anybody special so so he just okay. kind of just and so yeah. okay I mean, if covington and had, I, that's if covington if covington was a champion it'd be a different story but but you know yeah. just i don't see that he sees covington as anybody worth dealing you know wasting his time on right now so and, and that's kind of what i was thinking i mean on the surface it feels like a fight that would draw money but i mean any connor fight's going to draw money um but you know usman is on another level uh, over covington as a draw just because of his dominance and you know just over time like it's kind of like the anderson silva thing like eventually you know you become a draw because you're just so dominant um and and so that's why usman's a draw you know masvidal's a draw the diaz brothers are draws like any one of those fights you know makes sense for connor you know, Masvidal is Diaz brothers, I think, at this point, or Gaethje or Chandler. Um, but, you know, I, and, uh, you know, and who knows what we're going to see next. So Ferguson, you talked about. Yeah. I, I like that, too. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and that's always been the thing with Connor. No matter, you know, whoever is perceived as the best in the sport, he always says he wants to fight fight that guy, which, I mean, you know, whether he means it or not, who who knows? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wasn't you, he you, talking you listen, about Anderson listen, Silva you listen at some to, point? You listen to Connor. Yeah, he's wanted to fight Anderson Silva. He's called for yeah. open weight bouts so he could fight Francis Nagano. I mean, he talks about fighting everybody. Oh, Jesus. Everybody. Like, he, yeah. I don't think, you know, I don't think he's actually afraid to fight anybody and that he would fight anybody mm-hmm. if you let him let him have it. So he's always going to talk about, you know, wanting to beat beat the guy who's perceived as as the best in the sport. And and honestly, for honestly, whenever with him calling out Usman like he was, that's kind of like that should be for Usman. That should be like some, you know, you Usman should realize, like, you know, Connor's saying you're the best in the sport i mean that you should take yeah. you so should take some actual honor. yeah yeah you should take a badge of honor honor for that i mean like you know so i mean he he could be connor can call out anybody he wants and whoever he wants at any weight and the fact that he's spending time dealing with you it's you know it's it should be a yeah. badge of honor it should be you know he he you know he, he's kind of got you know i think he's got a lot of respect for usman too so i mean he can't oh, that's good so 
So, okay. So uh, just to be clear, this was, you know, most of the time you pick the, we got to talk about segment or, you know, I'll read your column and, and I'll pick up you know something that you clearly want to talk about. In this case, this was all me. So we didn't really have a ton to talk about here, but I also want to talk about somebody who, uh, you know, I'm, I, I made the comment on, on Twitter during the show on Saturday that, uh, you know, um, we it it feels like we have the beginning of the next Connor. Now, obviously, it's and I said this in my tweet. It's very early. He's got a long way to go, but there's a lot of similarities between what's going on with Patty the Batty, you know, Patty Pimblet, and now as Connor McGregor, very early on in his UFC run, um, he was the star of the show on Saturday. He. Um, you know the the crowd was singing his song he had a cheerleader he it felt like when this when his fight was over that you know that was the main event and there was like hardly any reaction to the next two fights kind of reminded me of that show in boston um where conor mcgregor fought on the undercard and and he got like the big superstar entrance and then everything else after that you know kind of paled although the main event was I think the main event was like Sunday and Bisping or something. And it was actually a pretty big fight. But um, the um, that this feels like that. Now, again, I mean, you know, he could lose. I've, you know, you hinted in your column that, you know, there's some social media stuff that might come back to haunt him. Um, he's not one of our friends, Rob, um, you know, mentioned that he's not as likable. There's a lot of things that he does off camera that he doesn't have the charm of Conor McGregor, especially early on. Um, but I mean, they got a star on their hands, as you mentioned in your column. They do have a star on their hands. I, he's never going to be anywhere near the star that Conor McGregor was. We'll, we'll put it to the, to that way. I, I think there's actually like a cap at his popularity. I don't see him getting above what I call a tier, what I call tier three, as far as star stars. And when I say tier three, tier one is McGregor and just McGregor alone. Tier twos are mm-hmm. like, in my opinion, are like your Joneses, your Adesanya's, uh, Usman's kind of getting right there, right there. I, I don't know if I keep Masvidal in that, in that spot anymore. Anymore, he might be down to like a tier three, but your tier three guys are are your Usman's, your your you know, well not not Usman anymore, but your maybe Masvidal's, your Covingtons, you know, your Holloways, you know, guys Holloway, like, guys like that, yeah. guys like that. I don't, I don't, I don't think Patty's ever going to get up there. And here's a, here's here's reasons why I don't. I think once he starts fighting uh, tougher competition. He's going. He's not going to fare as well. I don't think okay. he had. I don't think he is nearly as talented as Conor McGregor was. McGregor was the uh, Patty. He gets hit a lot. He's his striking is not great. His grappling's fantastic, but uh, but he's also fought two basically tomato cans. Whereas <laughs> you know Conor's yeah. Conor's first fight was Marcus Brimage. He was decent, but the second fight was Max Holloway. Conor was in there with top level competition right away and he yep. was he was also you know he was also only had like one i think he had like two losses coming in whereas patty's had three yeah he uh, had lost to um yeah that guy um what's his name the uh, uh he he came in and and that was his whole claim to fame was that he'd be yeah, Nat, early Nat, in his career. yeah jo- joseph duffy i wasn't sure if you're jo- jo- joe duffy joe duffy yeah yeah yeah, yeah but uh, that's it um so okay so devil's advocate here 
people said the same thing about Connor when he was coming up. Oh, he hasn't beat anybody. I remember when he fought Dennis Seaver in the main event of uh, that Dublin show. And it was like, yeah, yeah, he hasn't beat anybody. And then he comes over to the U.S. and he fights, uh, was it Eddie Alvarez on, or who was it that uh, he you're, fought you're, on you're, that? You're, uh, you're, you're, you're timeline as well. Off. He, he fought Brimage on, in Sweden on his debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then no, he, no. But, he but when, Holl- he, when he, he fought Holloway. Then he fought Holloway yeah. in Boston. That's where he got the knee. Then he three. fought Seaver. Then he died. No, yeah. then he fought Diego Brandau in his return. Oh, right. To Dub- right in right, Dublin. Right. And then he fought Poirier. And then after Poirier was the Seaver fight in Boston. Oh, okay. And, and, okay, then, okay. and then after that was so, the Yeah, right. Fight. The Seaver fight. Right, the Seaver fight was the main event of the of that that show on FS1 that did like a huge number, like three million viewers yeah. or something, uh, on the same same night, same day as the uh, AFC Championship game. No, I, you're right. Yeah, I I just remember though, people that was a comment people were making, and even going into the Mendez fight, like a lot of people were picking Mendez because Connor hadn't ever beat anybody, is what they were saying. That's, and then Connor took some damage early in that Mendez fight. That's dumb because Poirier was a top. Oh, five, I know, was a top five featherweight yeah. at the time. Like, you know, yeah, well, that's but big. People said that I would get Khabib too, and yeah. so I mean, yeah, I mean, he, but I, I, you know, I said this very early, like, and you know, and I think Patty even lost two of his three fights before he came into the UFC, like, yeah. you know, he he lost in Cage Warriors, so he does have a long way to go. It's it's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, so it sounds almost like what you're saying is, yeah, like, yeah if he gets on a big win streak, he could get into that tier three, but, it, but he could also turn into Sage Northcutt. Yeah, here's one of the things with with Connor. When I look back on his early, on his days before before he became a two division champion and before he fought Mayweather, because everything after that, yeah. after the Mayweather, you know he he spiraled out of control. But you look up through the Alvarez fight, we're talking about a, a generational talent that Connor McGregor oh, was. Yeah. Was I mean, yeah. he made he made great fighters. Look like crap. Everybody wants to point to the Nate Diaz. Uh, Connor had a blown out knee and, and had the flu, had the flu, had the flu. So he was gassed, which gassed him out early. And you know, and Nate took advantage of that rightly and, and won. You know, that's a that's a to clean. And win, he was also a bigger, bigger guy. Yeah, and, yeah, also a bigger guy. Yeah, and he was bigger, but uh, but I mean, but you take that out. I mean, every look at everything he that Connor did. I mean, he was a generational talent. He was, he could have been. Mm-hmm. He could have been the greatest of all time, but he he chased he chased the money and the fame and the fame, and it cost him, you know, it cost him dearly when it comes to his fighting career. It didn't hurt his p- pocketbook, but it, you know, the whole idea of being the greatest, you know, fell fell by the wayside because of everything he did, did you know all the drugs okay, and all so- the partying. So, so it's just you know it's but I don't and I don't see Patty being you know having that that pure talent okay so i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna disagree with anything you said there the only thing i will say is that next the next fight he has i believe hey he's got a win over juicy j um all right uh he the next fight he has he is gonna be headlining a main event probably in the uk if they run a show there again this year um and if he wins um, this Connor talk is going to, I mean, I mentioned it and a couple other people, it's going it, to, there's going to be three times as many people making the Connor comparisons if he wins again 
in a in a higher profile fight than what he had this time. Um, so I mean, until he loses, we're not going to hear the end of that. I don't I don't think whether it's true or not. I I just think you know that's going to be the hype train that's going to be going on from this point forward. Okay, so until he loses. So I'm going to say we need to pump the brakes a little bit on the Patty Connor comparisons, unless. Patty's next fight and next win is over somebody like you know somebody well, that's, that's Iliad Tapuria. Like, he's he, do not make that. I know match. that would be do, horrible do fight make to make. No, I know ever <laughs> yeah. ever. No, if I you know want Patty Pimblet to be anything. You never make that fight. Tapuria would embarrass him. But who's a guy like fringe rank, fringe rankings? Uh, you know of of one fifty five. You know maybe Bobby Green or or somebody like that. Yeah. If he fights somebody like that next and he wins that fight. Then you can kind of maybe, but if he's fighting somebody, I suggested Matt Frivola, and that's not a main event fight, yeah. but it's probably a fight that's more on Pimlet's level right now to see where he's at. And uh, but uh, I mean, you know, if he's going to have that Connor trajectory, he needs to, you know, he's got to start fighting that those big names like pump right away, right away. So I'm going to say let's pump the brakes a little bit on the Connor comparisons until he's fighting. Probably a legitimate top thirty lightweight. Do you do you agree that he is likely going to be in a in a main event next though? Whether or not it's a good idea, uh, I don't I don't know if that's a good idea. I see I see it comes down to who they match him up with. If it's a if it's a top twenty five okay. lightweight, possibly possibly a main event if you go to Liverpool. But if it's anybody yeah. like you know, if it's Matt Frivola. You know, for instance, just yeah. throwing a name. That's a tough main event. You're not, that's not a main event. But you could co-main. You could no, co-main no. In, in England with, you know, yeah. under like an Arnold Allen fight or something like that. So, yeah. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and Arnold, and we'll get to that. And in fact, you know, we'll just we'll just get right into the show. I mean, I mean, if, um, if if you want to do Patty against maybe Cerrone next, I mean, you could headline that. I mean, ooh, that I like that. You know, I like Cer- that. You know, Cerrone beats beats Lozon. I mean, you could always go that route. But uh, yeah, that you know that 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 could be scary too because Cerrone's better on the ground than people give him credit for, and he's yeah. probably better than Patty, but he can't take a shot. So I mean, Patty probably just knock him out. Yeah, um, but Pat, you know, I, I, but I, but there's some questions whether Patty can actually take an actual shot. True. I mean, you had true. no, absolutely. You had, you had you had Vargas who you know is yeah 
far from the most dangerous person on the feet, Rock Patty, you know, easily. Yep. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, there's He's, a lot of question uh, marks. Mm. A lot of, que- there's a lot, and there's a lot more question marks after two fights for Patty than there was for Connor at the time. So, so like I said, I'm going to. He's, uh, what's, what gym is, oh, he's not even in a real big gym either. That's, he may, he may need to get some different coaching too, yeah. if he wants to get to another level. But and like I said, and him, him becoming the star, he's, you know, he's going to have to change a little bit. I mean, his social, his, yeah, people are going to dig up his social media pass and there's a lot of racism in there there's a lot there well yeah and even yeah i mean there's some stuff that may that makes sean strickland look good we'll put it to you that way so oh so he's he's got it they've got it you know he's gonna have to you know if he wants to be a star he's gonna have to he's gonna have to deleting that oh it's already it's too late it's too late for that okay Okay. it's already out there so so he's just he's gonna have he's gonna have to not be so not be as immature we'll put it that way yeah he's 27 so i mean there there's that too um so yeah so that was uh so we'll we'll, we'll get into that card right now so um you know and and it's funny because i think if i'm remembering right the three the three fights i was looking forward to most ended up being like the three probably gonna be my three stars honestly um you know the there were so many great moments on this show um and and we'll we'll talk about a lot of them but in the main event which almost felt like uh like i don't even know like it would definitely felt like a bit of a come down from from the stuff earlier in the show but and even when aspinall like just mowed through alexander volkov like the the crowd was like there's hardly the reaction that you would expect from something like that. And from what I hear, like, you know, it's, it's tough to get out of uh, London um, with the thing. So they think like somebody that lives there told me that maybe they, you know, that people started leaving after the Patty fight so they could beat the traffic. So if that happened, that might explain it. Maybe Aspinall is just not as popular. I don't in, in the UK, I don't know, but uh, Aspinall, um, he submitted uh, Alexander Volkov with a straight arm lock, three minutes and 45 seconds seconds looked very good um you know volkov didn't really have much for him and volkov's a top level fighter and aspinall very much looked like a future title contender probably only needs one or two more wins to get there um i i was expecting aspinall to win but i wasn't expecting it to look this easy uh what about you uh, I mean, he he straight up embarrassed Alexander Volkov. I have not seen Volkov look that bad yeah. in a fight ever. And Volkov, ever. And Volkov oh. is is one of the best heavyweights in the world and has been for you know a decade or longer. And just Aspinall made him look, you know, Aspinall looked like the top five guy, and Volkov looked like the like the fringe top ten guy. Top ten guy. Uh, but I mean, Aspinall checked every box you needed. To, you needed to dominant win, yep. big win. You know, beating a beating a legitimate title contender and and a uh, great call out after the fight with calling out Ty yep. Vasa was perfect perfect fight to make to make I mean you know Aspinall the only I, thing I didn't like about it the only thing I didn't like about the call out was that I don't really want to see either one of these guys lose right yeah, now yeah yeah that's the problem yeah, but, I don't I don't <laughs> want to see any, either guy lose but but there's a log jam yeah. at heavyweight and we'll kind of get we'll kind of get a little bit more into you know what heavyweight's looking like here later but mm-hmm. uh just I mean, 
Aspinall looked every bit of somebody who's going to hold a UFC title someday in that fight. And just, I mean, you couldn't, he couldn't have asked for a better performance. Maybe, maybe finishing out Volkov in less than a minute would have been, would have been better, but he was just absolutely dominant and just big coming out party. And he, he did everything he needed to do and everything that really was expected from him, from him and probably made it look easier than anybody was expecting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, definitely better, easier than anyone is expecting. And, and again, you know, like this is, uh, the UK, which is, you know, a, a big, big market for, um, for UFC. I mean, we, we haven't mentioned it yet. Uh, although, you know, we mentioned it coming in, but obviously another sellout, they did a four and a half million dollar gate, 17,000 fans, um, you know, for fight night. Uh, you know, and, and Dana White was talking after the show, like, you know, they want to come back as soon as possible. I know um, Paul Craig on the, um, you know, in his post-fight promo said something about a, a Glasgow show in June and he wanted to fight on the card. And, uh, you know, I was talking to you afterwards. I'm like, did I miss something? And you're like, no, no, there's no UFC Glasgow show, at least not yet. Um, and probably not at all um, because, you know, they're, they don't have anything scheduled for the UK right now, but I'm sure they would like to get back there as soon as they possibly can, because it's uh, it's a huge market and they're just starving for UFC. I mean, everybody is right now. Yeah. The, the Columbus show this weekend is going to be sold out. Yeah, I'll, I'll, clar- I'll clarify that. I heard they had uh, they had holds on buildings in Manchester, Liverpool, and Glasgow, just depending on what happened this weekend. But there was like nothing, like nothing completely scheduled for anything but yeah because but i mean at the same time i've heard apex throw apex shows through june so who knows what okay. they're who knows what they're gonna do they need to get out of that damn apex it's environment oh. i mean it's it's tiring you know it's it's they're, they're the only major sport that's still that's still running running some stuff behind you know, behind closed doors, as you say, say, I mean, you know, a hundred, I mean, you, what, you get a hundred, I'll put it in air quotes, fans at the Apex show, which yeah. usually are just, you know, friends of friends and family of the people who are fighting on the card. I mean, even, even bumping that up to 700, 750, 50 fans. I mean, I don't know that you're going to draw 750 fans for, for a show headlined by Vicente Luque against, against Bilal Muhammad in Las Vegas. But you put that show like, I don't know. We'll just throw out a city, Rochester, New York. Yeah, Birm- you'll get 7, Birmingham, 000. Alabama. Yeah, you'll get seven thousand people. You'll get people. You'll get people who are like, I'm not going to travel travel to Las Vegas for that for that show and spend all that money. Plus, of plus they charge they're charged a ridiculous amount amounts of money for the yeah. for those Apex Apex shows. Like even when they expand, because there's they throw throw other perks in it. I mean, you know, people aren't going to pay pay five hundred thousand dollars for. Ticket on top of all the other Vegas expenses to travel for a fight night show, but you put that in Rochester, Birmingham, Wichita, whatever you want to call whatever city. I mean, you're going to get seven, eight thousand people at least showing up for it, and you know, in a gate of six hundred thousand to seven hundred thousand. I mean, it's it's this is a company that that its revenue is one point two to two billion dollars a year, and, and they want to they want to hold hold events on their own property because it's cost effective. Like that's just just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> it's a bullshit. I yeah. mean, it's 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 the owners wanting to make sure that that they make more money. So I mean, you know, it's yeah, stupid. to to bring up the uh, o- o- Obida or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. All right. So we yeah. So we got the main event, and then as as is our tradition here, we're gonna pick our three stars. And again, like we could pick, we could each pick like five, six, seven stars if we wanted to. I'll let you go first. Okay. I have, I mean I'm gonna I I'm going to try to go with some that that I know you're not gonna pick. So I'm sure. gonna start with uh, Arnold Allen. You know, as my, oh yeah, as a first, I'm I'm not including Patty or Aspinall in this because we kind of talked about that because those those two yeah. obviously would deserve. Sure. But Arnold Allen, just I mean, he could he's a lot like Aspinall. He couldn't have looked better against a guy who is like who's a legitimate top top level fighter. He just made he I mean he made Dan Hooker look bad, and Hooker's really good and in in a completely different way. Yeah, I mean, I mean that fight, that two and a half minutes that that fight lasted was awesome because because when yeah. they were exchanging early on, it was just like, man, I mean, just you could have seen either guy go out, but Allen just it looked, was kind of like it was kind of like Chandler, um, kind of like Chandler uh, Gaethje, Gaethje a little bit, yeah, yeah, maybe you know, and uh, yeah, just as intense, but uh, Allen yeah. rock good, rock hooker good, and then. You know, punches and elbows against the fence, standing. I mean, it was just he couldn't have looked better. I mean, and now we're talking about a guy. He's eighteen and one, nine and zero at featherweight. Like he's one fight away from a title shot. You give him, called out Calvin Cater afterwards. That's perfect. That's that's mm-hmm. a perfect fight. Make that fight, and then Allen wins. Give him a title shot. Ten. I mean, the, the list of guys who have started their UFC careers nine and zero is very short. I mean, I can think of Kamara Usman, Anderson Silva, and Habib off the top of my head. There's probably a few others, but to join that kind of you know who that, I you, go ahead. You know who I want to see him against? Who's that? Max Holloway. Well, you want to see everybody against I, Max Holloway because Max Holloway. No, favorite, I want to see Arnold yeah, Allen against. But, yeah, I want to see Arnold great, Allen against Max Holloway. That'd be a great, that would be a great <laughs> fight. Great fight too. But uh, yeah, yeah. But Allen, like, just super impressive. Uh, I'm also going to go with Ilya Tapuria. He, I mean, okay. Let's start oh. off like lightweight. Is not is not his weight class. I mean, you could see just the size difference between him and Jai Herbert, and Herbert rocking him and and nearly finishing him with that head kick in that first round. But Tapuria was able to survive that, and that punch he landed in the second round. You know, let's just start with the left hand to oh. the body. That was bad. But to follow that left oh hand with God. that right hand, right to the jaw, and Herbert just was out cold i mean poor jai herbert i, I, I mean that I, guy i thought he was dead i mean that guy hasn't had it easy in the ufc in his first four fights but i mean god that was just an absolutely brutal knockout knockout and if it weren't for somebody who i'm gonna let you talk about about because i'm sure she's one of your three stars we'd be talking about this as like knockout of the year knockout of the year and, yeah and it was only the second best knockout on the show it's ridiculous i mean oh i mean and just, and then he and then he called out that little blonde bitch yeah uh, yeah Pimblet, which they, the they, crowd they, just loved that yeah i mean they had that confrontation in the hotel and and some yeah. and some of Pimblet's racist comments were about the country of jordan of uh, georgia i mean where Tapiri's yeah. from so so you know Pimblet had made it personal personal and you know and some of the but anyway, but yeah, I mean, Tapuria, the guy we've talked about, talked about you know, being a 
one of the best prospects in the UFC. And uh, I think he needs to stay at featherweight, get his weight weight issues in order because he was he was definitely undersized against Herbert there. Herbert just towered over him and yeah. and looked bigger, even though Tapiria, you know, was a pretty big dude himself. But it's just he needs to fight at featherweight. But God damn, that was just a brutal knockout. <laughs> and my third star, I'm going to go with Muhammad Mokayev. Uh I mean, yeah. you couldn't have a better UFC debut than he did. 58-second submission over Cody Durden. Rocked him early and got the neck, got the submission. Uh, Mokayev won that fight after Cody Durden made some, you know, really racist comments about, about you know, yeah. after, after his last opponent. And he kept telling Durden on Twitter leading up to the fight that he was going to embarrass him. And, boy, he did. <laughs> like, he ran ran <laughs> right through him. And Mokayev, like, as good, you know, when you look at all these pe- people on this show, all these prospects, prospects who won, Tom Aspinall, Arnold Allen, Ilya Tapiria, Jack Shore, all these guys who could possibly be fighting for a title, I don't think there's anybody mm-hmm. who's probably more clearly going to be a UFC champion than Mohamed Mokayev and the guy's twenty one years old, he's seven and oh, and they're Jeez. already they're already trying to put him in big fights. This is a guy you're gonna be seeing for the next fifteen years. He's just and he's incredible and he's great and he was what, twenty two and oh as an amateur fighter as well. Just just yeah. there's just so there is so much to like about him and he's just he's a perfect mix of wrestling and striking and he's only gonna get better. <laughs> so so every if, if everything that you're wanting Aaron Pico to be right away in Bellator, that's what Muhammad Mokayev is now. Pico's there now, but but whenever Pico was debuting, like that's what you wanted that's what you wanted it what you wanted is what Muhammad Mokayev gave you. So so yeah, um, it, I have a feeling that if we're still doing this show in you know five, ten years, and we do one of our you know looking back at this week in history, this is gonna be one of those cards that we look back on and say, oh my god, look at all the names that fought on this card, you know, um, yeah, like like yeah. like like the this week in MMA history in my Monday column this week, this week you know looking back at that. Oh yeah, UFC thirty six. Yeah, I mean that was I mean that was a long long time ago. But yeah, that was a huge show as well. Couture yeah, well, but Burnett. yeah, but when you look at that, that was a show that that you know UFC thirty six. You know, in two thousand two, that you know every single fight on that show had somebody who was who was a past or future UFC champion. So I mean, so there this, you go, there you go. This now is that I mean, we're not going to have quite that, but I mean, yeah, there there we could get four or yeah. five guys on this show yeah. that that hold titles at some point. Yeah. All right. So my three stars, um, I'm going to go with, uh, I, and again, I th- I think this was the three. Well, the three fights I picked, you know, that I was most looking forward to were Patty and Molly and Paul Craig, I think. So, um, my first star, my first star, not in any particular order, Paul Craig, um, good Lord. I just love this dude. And, uh, he took a beating early on from Nikita Krylov and then he come back and got a submission like he always does. Although usually he waits till the third round. This time he did it in the first three minutes and 57 seconds. Then he kind of cut a great promo afterwards. Are he's all entertained? And, uh, you know, and, and the crowd was just eating him up and, uh, he want called out Anthony Smith, which is a pretty incredible fight. I think that's who he called out, right? Yeah, Anthony Smith. He called out Anthony yeah. Smith for Glass for a main event in Glasgow. 
Yeah, in Glasgow. I mean, there you go. Like, you know, you put yourself in a main event. And really, like I said last week, he's one of the most underrated guys in any weight class. I mean, this was his sixth win without a loss or sixth fight without a loss now because he had that split decision against Shogun. Well, no, it was a draw. Split decision draw. Yeah, split draw. Split draw. So six fights in a row without a loss. Um, You know, and again, he's got that win over Jamal Hill, who a lot of people are talking about as a title contender. So uh, I was just super excited. Has that win over Magomed Ankalaev as well. Yep. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Paul Craig has become the king of pulling wins out of your ass. Yep. Like, well, he had like the the Ankalaev was he was losing like he was probably going to lose thirty twenty six and he and he won the fight with one second left in the in the third round, like I mean just incredible and yeah pulled, like you said pulled it out of his ass. Um, so my second star I'm going to re- reluctantly go with Mr. Finland, uh, just because I I feel bad because I didn't say I was looking forward to his fight. But he looked great. I mean, it was kind of like Mokayev um, um, in the first fight, um, you know, where he just he locked on a quick submission in like less than a minute. Um, and uh, he just he was pretty humble in his post fight promo. Um, not something we usually see out of Mr. Finland. Um, and Mike Grundy felt so bad for that dude. Uh, his dad was at ringside and, um, you know, watch him fight, I think, for the first time. Right. Or something or something, the last time. Was it something, something like that, which I think something like that. But it, I mean, for possibly the last time, last time, because he has. Yeah, terminal, yeah. He has terminal cancer. Yes. That's so, what it I is. Think, yeah. I think a little bit of Amir Khani's humbleness had to probably a little bit to do with that that and also yeah. the fact like he knew he was in a must win and that he was fighting for his job so yep. both so of them were both, both of them yeah yeah and and also i don't think he's used to getting booed because <laughs> yeah. he's usually like super popular on these yeah. uh because he always fights in europe um and and uh, you know others in the last two years but um and then the uh my my first star and first star of the night in a lot of ways was molly mccann i mean you talked about her earlier um she came out just firing like to open the fight that yeah i mean i made the comparison it looked the 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 beginning of the fight of this fight and the arnold allen fight were almost carbon copies except Lu- Luana Carolina was blocking a lot of the punches so but Molly McCann just wasn't letting up she looked like uh Vitor Belfort in his prime like just just peppering Lu- Luana Carolina but almost all the f- punches were getting blocked and then she kind of tired herself out a bit I think she still won the first two rounds this um the second round she didn't quite look as good as she did in the first but then in the third round she just nailed Carolina with a spinning back elbow that knocked her out cold she just went nuts. She was celebrating like crazy. She's hugging Dana White. She's jumping into the crowd. She led the crowd in a in a song for Patty the Batty. She came back out later cheering him on, jumped into his arms when he won. Like like she she stole the show. Like uh, you know, and um it's uh I just I was so happy watching it because she's so likable. But I get the sense, too, that she's probably not actually that likable in real life. But she's real fun to watch, <laughs> um, you know, I, and I don't know if there's anything to it. But just sometimes you get that feeling about people. Um, and uh, you might know more than I do on that one. Yeah, everything I've heard from her, she's likable. So. Oh, OK, OK. I don't cool. know That's any stories too. about her, about her. Or anything. OK, so. 
This was her first finish in UFC too. Um, you know, all of her wins have been by decision um, and her losses too, except for the submission against Jillian Robertson in her UFC debut. So, but you know, she's, you know, someone to look out for too. She's won five out of seven, you know, that's not bad in that division. Um, she's probably going to get a big fight next. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was doing my recap of it and then like looking back, she was definitely spe- setting up that spinning back elbow a couple times early, early in the fight. And this time she just connected and boy, Carolina was out cold and I felt bad for her because it took yeah. her, it took her a long time to get up. And it also took her a long time to get cleared and released from the hospital afterwards. They were doing all sorts oh, of tests. Wow. It was a brutal knockout. I mean, it might win. Might end up winning knockout of the year. Uh, just it but, might. It yeah. might because this this show, even though it's a fight night, like it had. I sensed a lot more people paying attention to this show than most reg non pay per view shows. Yeah, yeah, for good reason. I mean, we, you know, I think a lot of yeah. it had to do with the fact that that you know they were back in London for three first time in three year three years, and it was a great card, and it was in front of fans, which we've only seen for pay per view events. So it's just, and so. I think I I actually like the idea of these Saturday afternoon cards. You know, I mean, obviously they were up against the NCAA's, so I don't know how many people are actually watching, but um, I like Saturday, like for a fight night, not for a pay-per-view, but for a fight night, I don't mind them in the afternoon. I mean, obviously for our sake to be done by like seven o'clock is great, but I think even just, you know, to have like fights, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, WrestleMania when it used to be in the afternoons or the Super Bowl, you know, even at one point when I was a kid, I think it was in the afternoon. So I kind of like that, but maybe I'm, you know, they're probably not going to do it on any regular basis, but obviously when they go to the UK, they do. So, um, it's really cool. I, uh, so take us through the rest of this car. Okay, uh, we'll start for the first prelim. Of course, Mohamed Mokayev submitted Cody Durden uh, 58 seconds with a guillotine choke. Then we had a strawweight fight. Elise Reed split decision over Corey McKenna, uh, 29-28, 29-28 were her two scorecards. The judge who scored it for McKenna had it 30-27, which is an atrocious scorecard. Uh, <laughs> I personally yeah. had a 29-28 McKenna, which I was one of the only like two people who had that. I thought the first the first round was super close, super close and kind of could yep. have gone I, either way. And Reed definitely won the second round, and, I, and everybody thought that McKenna kind of kind of won the third third. So I mean, it's Reed probably won the fight over overall. So so give it to her. But I don't think I don't think if you scored it for McKenna, you know. 29 28 that there was a bad score but maybe that's just because i'm talking to myself into it but uh, but but whatever but uh yeah then we had a bantamweight fight a great bantamweight fight jack shore uh unanimous decision 29 28 29 28 29 27 over tamir valiev uh this was a lot of action uh shore uh, Valiev won the first round. Shore won the second round, and then Shore knocked Valiev down twice in the third. Uh, near, nearly finished him, finished him. Uh, but Valiev super tough. But uh, Shore, you know, won the third round. Could have been a ten eight round, but uh, got in the win. Uh, he's sixteen and 0, 5 and zero at bantamweight in the UFC. Uh, this guy, this you know, another guy possible future champion uh definitely needs to fight a ranked guy next and possibly you know in a co-main or a main event slot yeah you have a lot of 
you have a lot of people that made you know that made cases for you know running more events in the UK for headline shows coming up, and then we had then we had Paul Paul Craig submitting the Keely Krylov with a triangle choke three minutes fifty seven seconds. Uh, then it was heavyweight fight Sergey Pavlovich finished Shamil Abdurakimov in uh, four minutes and three seconds. Kind of what I expected. Uh, Pavlovich had him fight since yep. October 2019, but he was 14 and one with his lone loss coming to Alistair Overeem in his UFC debut. It's a really good prospect. And Durkimov is, you know, he's he's a heavyweight. He's a heavyweight gatekeeper. He's a gatekeeper, a heavyweight. He's a guy you're supposed to be supposed to be if you're going to be a contender. And then we had to uh, close out the prelims. The Maquan Amir Khani submitted Mike Grundy in 57 seconds. Then opening the main card, we had Ilya Tapuria knocking out Jai Herbert, minute seven in the second round. Uh, then Molly McCann knocking out Louisiana Carolina, minute 52 in the third round. Uh, Gunnar Nelson, uh, his unanimous decision over Takashi Sato, 30-26 all the way across. Good win for Nelson since he hasn't fought since September 2019, but also the definitely the most boring fight on the card. So that's the one fight you yeah. could have been. And it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, but it was Nelson, Nelson on the ground and Sato not being able yeah. to do anything against him. And then you had... Pimblet over Vargas, uh, rear naked choke, three minutes, 50 seconds. Allen over Hooker, TKO, punches and elbows, two minutes, 33 seconds. And then closing off Aspinall, submitting Volkov with an arm bar, three minutes, 45 seconds. And uh, as you mentioned in your column, uh, the UFC gave all nine fighters that got a finish a $50,000 performance bonus, which, as we've mentioned on the show before, and as you said in your column, this should be the standard going forward. I think if, if the fighters knew that it was coming, it would make for a lot better fights. I mean, in some cases, guy, people are like tripling their pay by by getting this. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's a no brainer to me. I, I mean, I ran some numbers before before we uh, before we started recording. Even if every single UFC fight that is held in a year were to end in a finish, and you gave everybody fifty thousand dollars for scoring a finish, you're at most going to pay slightly under thirty million dollars a year. You know, yeah. for finishes, you know, and that's if every single fight ends in a finish. And we're talking again. We're talking about a company. It's usually, that, it's usually about half, right? Yeah, it's usually about then, half. Then again, we're and we're talking about a company that that gets one point five billion in revenue, but they can't afford. But they don't want to give more than four fifty thousand dollars. They don't want to give more than two hundred thousand dollars in bonuses per show. I mean, even if half, even if you add half, you're talking about seventeen million. In bonuses, just right, just, and seventeen just, million, and then and then you got to remember that even probably almost ten million of that is money you're already given away, or about yeah. eight million is because you're giving away four fifty thousand dollar bonuses anyways on every show. Yeah, it's really you're talking about an extra maybe nine million dollars a year. Yeah, that yeah you'd be paying out. Just give, just it's just it's time to change this. Just give fifty thousand yeah. dollars to to everybody who scores a finish. Just. Just do that. Do and that. You'll and have, I think, do you not think the fights would be much better? I think that a lot of these fights would be much better. And honestly, and, and 
you know, a 50,000 bonus would make a lot of these fighters careers, you know, and we yeah. pull them out. We talk well, about Well, they wouldn't how... have to work extra jobs. They wouldn't be taking fights on yeah. two weeks notice yeah. because and, uh, on, they got to eat. On, and honestly, it would be, you know, it's, a, it's, it's pennies. It's pennies to, yeah. to, to the UFC yeah. giving away, giving away 50, you know, $50,000 bonus. But I do think it'll also help a little bit. Of this, of this, all this talk about the fighter pay, pay it, it won't clear yeah. it up, but it will help a little bit if you just said, "Hey, we're just going to give everybody who scores a finish fifty thousand the fifty thousand dollar bonus." So it's just that's all well, you have to do. Even this week, I mean, you know, they got a lot of positive press for doing this. Yeah. I mean, and it cost them nothing. I mean, they did a four and a half million dollar gate, so it was ten yeah. percent of their total purse went to these bonuses. Yeah, um, and that's not even in counting the you know th- probably twelve million dollars they got from ESPN Plus for putting on the show, or, or you know, or the merchandising, you know, the the Monster Energy and the Venom and uh, you know whoever whatever else they're they're getting from you know the yeah. fight kits I mean, and all that stuff. I mean, like there's so much like, money coming in, like the cri- the crypto deal that they have for crypt the. Crypt- Crypto yeah. going to be on the fight yeah. kits. That's paying the UFC seventeen and a half million dollars dollars a year. That could easily just take there you go. Take right care there. Of, take that care just of pays. Perform- yep. That pays your performance bonus, your fifty thousand dollar bonuses. Because because yep. honest, like I like I did the numbers. If you average seven finishes on a card, which which you know that's pretty good. That's roughly half. Roughly half. I mean, you're so gonna you're about, have you're, some, so you're you're about three hundred like three. Then you're about then you're about at seventeen million dollars a year, which the crypto. Yeah. You know, the crypto pays for that. Yep. The crypto's one. And that's money that just fell into their lap. Yeah. That they costs them nothing. They they literally yeah. just have to paint a logo and yeah. it costs them nothing. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I think it's time. And I also don't think they're going to do it. But yeah, I, I don't think I, they're going to do, do it either. But it would be, <laughs> yeah. it, it would go a long way if they actually just did. It would, it would, yeah. you know, some of the criticisms that they get on a daily basis, you know, you know, they'll still get them, but it will ease it a little bit. Um, one thing I failed to mention, um, and, and this was actually pretty big to me. I don't know who else noticed or cared, but this is the first time we got John Gooden back calling a UFC in, in like at least two years. And I he was did, really happy to hear him. He did a couple of the Abu Dhabi shows, but yeah, but, but in did general, he? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. The, yeah. the midweek ones. Yeah. He's real good. I like He's him. Good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And and with Felder and Bisping was real good. I love Felder and Bisping on these calls because Bisping kind of plays, you know, the kind of half a heel and Felder's, you know, he, he's like Cormier and then Gooden is, is a good straight man. So but they don't pick on him like they do with Brendan. So um, I, I kind of like this. Yeah, and, would, uh, hopefully I, we'll, we'll. I would love to hear more John Gooden just in general help. Bring, yeah. You know, I know he's your UK guy, but if you're gonna, if you're still going to run a lot of events in the US, bring him over every once in a while. Let him let him yeah. do the show, you know. Give Anik a week off every once in a while. Yeah, and, I mean, and Fitzgerald. Yeah, let Anik do your pay-per-view, pay-per-views and your occasional big fight nights, you know, and then yeah. kind of split it between Brendan Fitzgerald's really good too, so so they you know, I think I think they're in a good spot with all of their with all of their uh play-by-play guys and their commentators. I could do without Dominic Cruz every once in a while, but if you leave him to like maybe five I or six shows a year. I agree with that. If you leave him I'd to agree. I'd if he's very limited on how many um, how much he works, you know, 
Yeah. I'd, I'd honestly rather just see him in the studio shows because yeah. I fast forward that stuff. So, uh, And he's real good on the studio shows like when I've seen him. He breaks down fights really well, but I don't really care for him on commentary. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So speaking of big fight nights, we got a big show on ESPN this coming week. Um, and this is – it's funny. I was looking at the card and – it's it's actually like a pr- really solid show. Um, it's not like a pay-per-view or anything, but it's it's an ESPN show. I mean, it definitely is. There's a lot of really good fights on here. It almost looks like a European card, like in a lot of ways. Um, you know, there's a lot of European fighters on this card. I don't know if, you know, maybe they were planning on having them as backups in case fights fell through on the London card, but, um, or it just happened this way, but, uh, kinda, you know, we, we got to mean it. It kind of happened this way. And then they did have a lot of, okay. a lot of fights changed to and fights get canceled. So the car, the car was actually probably a little deep, deeper than it ends up, ends up being now, which, but it's still a great card, but it's, but it's, it is, it really is. Um, you know, the, the five main card fights are all like solid. I mean, these are all fights that, you could have on a pay-per-view like as you know the fourth or fifth fight um you know they're they're you know well big names you know former or future title contender kind of deals the main event is a real big heavyweight fight uh, curtis you, blades and chris Dalkus. real quick what? your lineup your lineup has five main card fights yeah what do you got oh okay i got the official lineup lineup here there's six okay. main card fights but, but oh is there okay, okay. Yeah, so, so i'm guessing neil magny got no maybe no no Okay. Well, you'll go through it. Yeah. I'll but the through. main event is uh, the main event is Curtis Blades and Chris Daukus. Um, You know, we we talk a lot about Chris Daukus. He's an in the clinch favorite. Um, he's coming off that loss to Derek Lewis, where he really looked bad. Um, you know, that was well, he's taken three months off, which is for him is a long time. Um, and uh, he's right back in there with a real tough out against Curtis Blades, who. You know, we thought might be done with UFC, but, you know, he came back and uh, he's going to be fighting Chris Daukus. And this feels this is almost like, uh, you know, like we not really a gatekeeper because they're both, you know, top 10 guys. But um, one of these guys could potentially challenge for a title. And the guy that loses probably never is going to challenge for a title is, is almost what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and keep in mind that this fight came together, you know, on kind of short notice. You know, they don't necessarily have full training camps because the main event for the show is supposed to be Blakovich and Alexander Rackett. Right. So uh, we're talking about this fight probably six eight weeks bonus maybe maybe if, if even that okay. even that so but uh yeah I was, you know i was really surprised that blades ended up resigning you know with the new deal i thought you know he, he's kind of one of two people that are surprised to actually resign because i didn't actually feel like they would get offers from the ufc but yeah uh, i mean it's a, it's a good thing for them because i you know blade blades should be in the UFC. His problem is he's lost twice to Francis Naganu and he's lost to a couple other guys ahead of him. Ahead of him, which is hard to bounce back from bounce back from you know, lost to Derek Lewis. But uh this win keeps him right in that mid right in that mix. You know, if he if he wins this, I mean he'll be right in there with, you know, Stipe, John Jones, Tom Aspinall, Ty Tuivasa, you know, Cyril Gone about, you know, who you know who's gonna step up and be next for Naganu, and for Dawkins, it's a good chance for him to rebound from that loss to Derek Lewis. A completely different fighter in Curtis Blades. Blades, you know, big time wrestler. Dawkins is a great wrestler. Both of them have knockout power. So very interesting fight. Uh, I see Blades is a kind of a huge favorite. I'm 
Yeah. You know, it's I do feel like Blades is going to win that win this fight, but I could also see Dacus, you know, Bl- Blades' chin sometimes is, is a question mark, especially after Derek Lewis uh, knocked rocked him and knocked him out, but uh I could see Dacus kind of pulling off the upset with a knockout, but I do think Blades will win this fight. I uh, you know, he's Blades is 15 and three and he's lost in Ganu twice and Derek Lewis. So, um, you know, it's, it's, he's a tough guy to beat, <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm real interested in this fight too. Uh, both guys are, you know, in pretty good roles, you know, in their last, they're both one four, their last five. So, um, yeah, uh, real big, uh, real big fight. I mean, it's, it's the backup main event, but it's a pretty good one for the fans in Columbus. Um, last I'd heard there was 200 and some odd tickets left. So it's probably going to sell out if it hasn't already. Yeah. I, was, uh, I mean, that's basically a sellout anyways, but <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what you're for. That's what you hear for me. I was looking at the little, the little seating chart the other night, the other night and the blues were where I counted maybe 200 at most looking at it. So, and so and they have the full arena open. So, you know, yeah, online, I mean, so. it's, First time in Columbus. Wrestle ticks. Uh, yeah. Is, is it the first time they've been in Columbus? First, first time in Columbus since 2009. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because they used to go there for the um, the Arnold show every week, yeah. right? Yeah. The or funny every thing, year. Yeah. The funny thing is, is whenever the pandemic happened in, you know, 2020, and the first two shows that were canceled were supposed to be in London and in Columbus. So where's the first two they go back to? London and Columbus. So Ooh, so wow. it's kinda it's kinda little interesting trivia for people. So but uh yeah. Yeah, Columbus, you know, for first time there in a long time and yeah, they're gonna have a great crowd. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and they got they got some great fights to see. Um, so uh, aside from the uh, the main event, we'll go through the whole card. Um, we we do our three fights that we're most looking forward to. So I'll go first since I let you do the three stars first. And for me, um, I okay. So as I'm looking, I, I the one that fight stands out to me, and and I guess it's on the prelims, is uh, Neil Magny and Max Griffin at welterweight. Um, I you know I always like to see Neil Magny fight. Um, he is very much like a gatekeeper kind of guy. Max Griffin is, you know, he's had a bit of a rocky road in UFC, but he's won three in a row now. So coming off that big win over Carlos Condit, um, I'm super interested in that fight. The other one, uh, Alexi Olenek and Iller Latifi. Alexi Olenek is the gift that keeps on giving, just keeps going. He looks like my grandpa. Um, Iller Latifi, former light heavyweight, you know, he moved up to heavyweight. Uh, this could be boring, but I don't think it will be. I think we're going to probably get a quick submission. Uh, Latifi may have saved his job in his last fight with a split decision win over Tanner Boser, so probably needs another win here. And uh, you know what? There's another fight that I want to pick, but I figured you probably will, so I'll leave go it ahead, for you. Go ahead. And go I'll ahead. go with, Okay, well, then I'll go with Matt Brown and Bar- Bar- Brian Barberina. Okay. Uh, Matt Brown, he's going to be the biggest star on the show, much like Patty Pimblett last week. Um, you know, he's from Columbus. Columbus. Uh, he is a, well, Xenia, but you know, it's, I, I, he's basically a Columbus guy. Um, he kind of a career resurgent. I mean, he retired kind of, I think a little while ago, but he's back. Uh, he's coming off a win over Diego Lima, which was a bit of an upset. And Brian Barberina is, you know, always does 
you know, great fights. Uh, this, I think this is just going to be a slugfest. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, last man standing wins. Yeah. So yeah. those think, are my three. Yeah, I think Matt Brown said he lives something like nine minutes away from the arena. So <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. So, so, so yeah. Xenia is like a suburb then. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, my three fights, uh, you know, Brown and Barbarina was in the running, but I was, I kind of knew that you wanted to pick that. That's why I said go ahead. So my three fights. Okay. Are all they all have something similar or something in common? They're all going to be at flyweight. Uh, first one is okay. the co-main event: Joanne Wood against Alexa Grasso. I've always thought Grasso has the potential to be a title title contender. Uh, she just she hasn't been very active. Injuries, other stuff have kind of slowed her down. Slowed her down, and you know, and she had weight issues trying to fight at one fifteen. Now she's at one twenty five. She hasn't fought since February of la- last year, but uh, she she wants to make a run at a title. She's got to beat somebody like you know the former Miss Calderwood and and Joanne Wood. I mean Wood's lost two straight, two straight. Uh, you know after being. You know, after not wanting to wait a little bit for a title shot, she, you know, she four, she uh, four went, she passed on the title shot to, to be active, and you know, and now she's in a must win if she ever wants to fight for a title again. So it's a pretty big fight. Another next one. Uh, now these next two are in the men's flyweight. This first one is probably a title eliminator. I could see the winner fighting, fighting whoever comes out of the. Uh, the 10 fights that Brandon Marino and Davis and Frey Greater are going to eventually have. I mean, those guys might be fighting for the next four years. So maybe the winner of this gets a title shot with, you know, by 2025 or something, something like that. But Askar Askarov and Kai Kara France, Askarov's undefeated. Uh, Kara France coming off that huge knockout of Cody Garbrandt. Uh, you know, I think, you know, Askarov's got an impressive record, but I don't find him as an, as a superly, super impressive fighter. And he's just, he's kind of like, you know he's a he's a Makachev, but not as talented, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Kara France could could knock him out because Kara France just throws those bombs and coming in with a lot of confidence. And Askarov also hasn't fought in a year, so so yeah, that should be an interesting fight. That that's the one I was gonna pick if I didn't pick Brown Barberina. Yeah. So and then. And then the other flyweight fight, it's uh, the second fight on the show, but it's Matthias Nikolau against David the Undertaker Dvorak. Uh, that's a that's a great fight. Great fight, and the winner should be in the top 10 and in the title picture relatively soon. soon uh, but, yeah, that should, that should be a good one as well. So those are our three fights to watch. Yeah, those are I, – I, you know, that Dvorak-Nikolau fight uh, just kind of – just – I didn't even kind of notice it um, buried kind of deep in the undercard. Um, all right. So, yeah. And, there, and there's a lot more good fights on this card, uh, including one person that I could have sworn was like in PFL or Bellator or something. But um, why don't you uh, take us through the rest of this card? Okay. The uh, show opens. There's 13 fights on the show. Show opens with a featherweight fight, Luis Saldana against Bruno Souza. Uh, then you have the flyweight fight between Matthias Nicolau and David Dvorak. Then you have another women's flyweight fight. Jennifer Maya against Amanda Fioro. Uh, Maya coming off a recent title title fight, trying to get back there, but Fioro has looked really good. Good, and uh, I think she's 3-0 so far in the UFC. And, uh, yeah, she looks good. Then we have a battle of debuting middleweights. Ali Askab Kizriev against Dennis 
T. Lewin, however you say that name. I, I didn't. I, we'll yeah, yeah, we'll do. Tululin. yeah. He's a he's a late notice guy who's de- debuting like like on two weeks notice, maybe, maybe. And uh, Kizriev is undefeated, thirteen and zero. Kizriev is my favorite fighter of all time because he beat the shit out of Rusimar Paul Harris. Yes, uh, yes. a couple of years ago. Yes, that's what he's most famous for. And then, uh, so, yeah. Uh, then you have a bantamweight fight, Chris Gutierrez against Denai Batgirl. Uh, Gutierrez is one of the more underrated guys at bantamweight. He's five one and one in the UFC, and very good kickboxer. And Bat, Bat it's actually Batgire is a he's a, I think he's Chinese Mongolian something like that. But he's a he's a finisher. This should be an exciting fight. And you have a women's bantamweight fight, Sarah McMahon against Carol Rosa. That could be uh, uneventful. Uh, so that's the one I thought was in Bellator or PFL. Yeah. So I mean, Sarah nothing McMahon. against him, but it could be <laughs> could be uneventful. Then closing out the prelims, I don't know why he's on the prelims. It's kind of a, you know, it feels like a shot at Neil Magny, but Neil Magny against Max Griffin. That's the fight should be on the main card. Neil Magny's a top ten, a top ten fighter yeah. who's been who's headline shows, and they put him on on a prelims, uh, you know, of a fight night card. Like, come on. He should be on against the main a, card. a pretty big name too. And Max Griffin's Griffin really not. good, and Griffin's yeah. coming off that win over yeah. Carlos Condit. He's had some good wins, you know. Beat, you know, I think he beat Matt, Mike Perry one time, you know. If, I, if my mind's correct, uh, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, then uh, uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Then your uh, then your six fight main card kicks off with a lightweight fight, Mark to Casey against Via Cheslaw Borshev. That one. It could be a slugfest and really exciting, so I kind of understand putting that one on the main card. Then you have the heavyweight fight, Euler Latifi against Alexi Olenek. Then you have Askarov against Cara France. Then Matt Brown against Brian Barberina. Then Joanne Wood against Alexa Grasso. And then, of course, the main event, Curtis Blades and Chris Dawkins. Everything in the U.S. will be on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Prelims at 4 Eastern time, main card at 7 Eastern time. You know when you when you went over that main card, I mean, I I don't know what you take off of it to put the Max Griffin. You know, I guess it would be the Di Casey fight, but Le, you, you kind of want to showcase Olenek. that one because <laughs> Latifi Olenek. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, those are big names. Yeah, like you know, like you know, both guys. Latifi's headline shows before Olenek is, you know, uh, kind of yeah, halfway. I, I'm sorry. They, I mean, that's kind of it. Magny's, you know, a great fighter, you know, has almost the most yeah. wins in welterweight history, main evented cards. They were talking about him fighting Kamzat in the main event, and then now he's fighting Max Griffin. Great, great fight. True, but fighting, true. But he's fighting the guy, guy he's supposed to beat, but at the same time, it's on the prelims of a fight night card. Like, if there's a pre, yeah. prelims of a pay-per-view card, that's one thing, but it's a fight night card. He should be on the main, yeah. he should be on the main card. But then you know you we'd probably say the same. I'd be saying the same thing about Olenek and Latifi. I'd be like, why is not on the main card? So you know, I think if it wasn't in Columbus, maybe Brown Barberina, you would you know maybe not have on the main card. But um, but they're, they're two big names too. Like it's it's a really good main card. You know, maybe you might even go with Joanne Wooden and Alexa Grasso is like okay, why is that on the main card? You know, over Neil Magny and Max Griffin. But as you said, it could be you know Grasso could be like two fights away from a sorry, title shot. Sorry, I just think Neil Magny needs to be on main cards. Yeah. He's in. No, no, I agree. I agree. For the most part, it's just like this is a stacked card. Yeah, I mean, it's, good card, it's not like it's not it's not like the biggest card in history or anything. But there's a lot of good fights. 
yeah. on the card. And again, prelims don't really matter anyways. You know, it's all on ESPN. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, yeah, it's just the prestige of it. But um, really, like when you watch, when you look at the viewership, when they, when we do get the fight by fight ratings, like it just seems to be like the bigger fights, more people watch and the ones with no names, like actually the Diakisi Borsha fight will probably be the one that loses viewers, but um, it'll probably be a really good fight. All right, so that is the uh, UFC Columbus, um, and that'll be on Saturday, and you, you mentioned the times. So, yeah, looking forward to that one, and then uh, then I'm hitting the road. So, But we got a, we got a week off WrestleMania weekend, right? Yeah, no UFC during that weekend. Okay, cool. So that's that's the week I'm traveling. So the the one thing is, um, you know, I guess I guess we'll still do a show that week, but I think I'll be in a hotel doing it. But we'll we'll figure it out. Um, and uh, you know, we won't have anything to talk about for a show that we just watched, but we'll have a show to preview. So next up is the news, and there's a lot of it. Um, so we talked about the Glasgow thing. Um, I guess for me, like the biggest news, and you mentioned in your column, like, you know, and, and we, we mentioned earlier in the show too, we got to get out of this apex. Like, it's just ridiculous at this point. But they are going back. Yeah. To, yeah. to, to the apex, yeah. Yeah. The, um, all their, as you mentioned. All their shows through April april are there uh i mean they haven't made anything official past may 7th but if you're looking at cards on may 14th and may 21st those are you know less than two months away now and you would figure like if it's at an actual venue that they would have it already lined up and announced so they could be selling selling tickets to those shows and the fact that they haven't announced anything you know, it makes me think that those are going to end up in the apex. And like I said, I've heard at least through June, you know, I don't know if it's all events, all non-pay-per-view events in the apex or the majority of them, but I've heard through at least June that, you know, apex is what it is. Oh, here's a, like you said, I mean, they, they need what did you I just got, I just got a text message. Uh, Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal got into a fight just now at a steak steakhouse in Miami Beach, and police have been called. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Oh, nice. So probably uh, more entertaining than the main event they had a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so oh, that that's well, we'll have to talk about that next week, I guess. Yeah. Um. So the uh. So yeah. I mean, I yeah. I think you're right though. Like they need at least like two two and a half months leeway, bef- you know, to sell tickets. So we're probably looking at June at the earliest, and probably would it just make more sense to like kind of have International Fight Week as kind of a launch, and then just run your shows after that, you know, across the country. Just do the UFC World Tour or whatever they want to call it. Um, do one of those big press conferences with that they like to do with all the main eventers and you can you can start promoting your tour of the united states at that point maybe um all right and then uh, what else do you want to highlight from these news uh i mean Kinda we talked about most of this eh? i mean we talked about it a couple weeks ago uh and it became official this week uh rose namajunas defending the strawweight title against uh, Carlos Farza at UFC 274 on May 7th. You know, so, well, you know, a couple weeks ago, it was the co-main event for the show was was Shogun Hu against Ovin St. Pru. Now you have, you know, Gaethje. You have Oliver Gaethje, uh, Rose, and Esparza, and Chandler Ferguson. You know, so you got, you got a pretty solid top three fights there for that show in Phoenix. Is this the one in Singapore? Phoenix. 
Phoenix. Okay. Okay. Where, where's the Singapore card? Where, where did that come from? Uh, Singapore is uh, UFC is planned for UFC uh, 275 in June. The okay. Okay. All right. Glover Prochaska fight and the right uh, Valentina Tyler Santos. That's a uh, okay. Cool. So all right. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we got uh, two uh, the two title fights for the uh, international fight week are official now or yeah, almost uh, official. They're not official, but uh, but. Israel Adesanya gets Jared Cannonier and Kamara Usman against Leon Edwards. They're both looking likely okay. to take place in July. There's two pay-per-view events in July. There's the International Fight Week on July 2nd, UFC 276. And then UFC 277 is July 30th. So it's possible one fight on each card. I mean, if it were me, I would try to load up uh, International Fight Week uh, you know, with both of those. But at the same time, Adesanya and Usman—that's those are those are big paychecks. So I could see them wanting to split it, wanting to split it. But uh, you know, I I kind of feel like whichever fight doesn't happen on July second happens on July thirtieth, and vice versa. And you also have the potential of Pena and Nunez. That one's more likely for July thirtieth. And so, but uh, yeah, but 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 those fights look to be taking place in July. So there's so we get two in July and then we're we're still gonna have August and September, uh yeah I guess we do because two eighty one is October so May, it depends yeah. on what they're doing with two eighty one if it's gonna be a pay per view or a or a uh, uh another thing where it's a, you know an ESPN Plus numbered event because yeah so wow. Um, yeah, it's going to be a busy summer because we also got the, um, the Dana White's Contender Series coming back for July. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then you – oh, yeah, we also want to talk about Francis Ngannou. Um, yeah. when underwent knee surgery. So you, you kind of hinted at it earlier in the week, earlier in the show. Um, some of these heavyweight fights that, that we're getting, there could end up being an interim title. Yeah. Dana, Dana was really talking this week about an interim title, uh, with John Jones involved because jo, John's ready to oh. fight. John is ready to fight. There's okay. your, uh, there's your, uh, international fight week main event, right? Yeah. There, if they yeah. can make it. And, and I've, I've heard talk of interim title fight with, uh, John and Stipe. So, but, uh, would they, but, would they headline a show with that over Israel? Here's why I was saying, put even, even with, even with these guys making so much money, why I was saying do Adesanya and Usman on the same show because, and do that for international fight week, because you want international fight week to be a big card. And I think having both those fights would be huge. And then do okay. John, and then do John and Stipe on the July thirtieth show for interim. Title. Oh, there you go. Okay, so, yeah. yeah, and then because that's going to be a big if, show with Jones you know, coming back. Yeah, if it's John yeah. and Stipe or or John and Cyril gone or John and whoever, it's going to be John and somebody for an interim title. Interim title, but it's like, yeah. But uh, I mean, and also Dana does seem confident, like that they're going to be able to re-sign Francis. Like I said, I think the okay. I think these deals that they did recently with Adesanya and Masvidal were good news for Naganu, and it just shows that. You know, these guys are willing to, you know, UFC's willing to pay. And I think, you know, if they can just meet and hash out whatever they did. They met before, before Nagano left for Cameroon. And, and, and Dana, he openly talked about how he felt confident after they met then. And then, you know, now it's all about signing a new deal. And they're going to meet whenever, you know, whenever Francis is kind of ready, you know, give him time to kind of, 
get do his post-surgery, you know, little recovery. But yeah, I th- you know, I said it, I said it back, you know, after Nagano last fought, I thought it was, I put it, I think I said 95% sure that he was going to be back. And I still think, I still think that. So I, I really, really like the idea of a big, big show in Vegas headlined by Adesanya in one fight and Usman in another fight. Like just the synergy there. They're they're obviously very close friends. They're, you know, both obviously dominant champions. They're both from Africa, um, you know, defending against black challengers as well. So you got like the top, the four main eventers are all black. Yeah. That is something that UFC can put on a poster, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and and it's, I think it, and I think if you put those two on the same card, you could do a million buys yeah. on the show. Yeah, and I, plus I, that's what I was thinking because either plus, one of them on their own is probably seven hundred. Yeah, yeah, and and so. then of course you have Cannonier and Edward Edwards, you know, also African American fighters, but also yep. Cannonier and Edwards aren't the biggest name challengers. So correct. So it's also like yeah. it's also it'd be a good spot to be like, hey, you know, if we're worried about whether these dominant champions are going to draw against against the, these two who are great fighters but who are not as big of names if you put it all together and then you you know you sell it you know the two you know you know the four african american fighters you know on top on top yeah that's a great idea that's, you know but then but then but then where where do you put connor because <laughs> I think the Connor's targeting July too, right? Yeah. Unless you put him on that that late July show with Dan- but Dana, Connor only fights in Vegas. Dana said they're not they're not talking on anything Connor until Connor is medically cleared and he has not been medically okay, cleared yet. Cleared yet. So it could so be when's awesome. the next Vegas show after July? They could put is any it, uh, show they September? want. They could put any show okay. they want in Vegas. Usually, usually what it had been because they I think their deal with uh, with MGM and AIG or AEG or whoever it is owns the T-Mobile Arena. I think it was four events a year, and they had been before the pandemic. They had been doing a steady March, July, October, and December. So you know they did March and they're doing yeah. July. July. They can do August or September. They did September last year, so they could do September again this year. Yeah. And then December. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah, we'll got that to look forward to then. So they don't need Connor then for the for the July show if, if uh, that's and, and if I if I'm them, I don't really rush Connor back. If he gets cleared in mid April, April, give him more than, you know, you know, if he gets cleared April April thirteenth, we'll just throw throw a date and then you want him to return yeah. July second. July second, maybe tell him Dude, August, like, let's give you some, let's give you a little bit, a little bit. We got our schedule, schedule made. Let's give you some, let's give you a little bit of time. I know he's itching, he's itching to fight, but, but he's also got to be smart Because then you can go, yeah, because then you've got that big show, the double headliner with Usman and Arsania. Then the next one is with Jones. Then you got McGregor. I mean, that's a hell of a summer. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about 4 million buys between three shows. Now these are all just hypothetical situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, but I mean, that's half your year right there in in those three shows. So, um, okay, anything else on the news before we go into the fights? Uh, PFL? I don't think so. Oh, God, yeah. How did I forget? Oh, my God. I, I... you know, should have left more time for this. Although I don't know what else to say. Like it's ridiculous. Um, PFL released their um, their schedule for 2022. Uh, so they're going to be on ESPN like quite a bit uh, this year. Um, they're I think they've they've scheduled 12 shows and something like eight of them are on ESPN, which surprised me. We're talking about um, 
mostly you know wednesday well thursday and friday shows um but then the big news is they're going to be doing a show on november 25th which is a friday which is the day after thanksgiving and it is going to be on pay-per-view which they can barely get a hundred thousand people watching their shows well maybe 150 on tv for free and they're going to try to do a pay-per-view to me this sounds like a disaster yeah i mean kudos to them for trying to want to run a pay-per-view i don't think i think it's a bad idea bad idea but you know let them but they picked the worst possible you, date. They picked the worst. They picked you, the second worst date they could run a pay per view on, like running the day after Thanksgiving. You know, running a Friday pay per view, let alone, but doing it the day after Thanksgiving, the busiest shopping day of the year, a day with a bunch of college football. You're not gonna. Nobody's gonna buy it. I mean, if you if you were looking at hopeful to get twenty five thousand, you might have cut that number in half just by just by the day you scheduled it. So it's just well, it's and, stupid. And then, so I don't understand my, it. Well, I don't understand the date. Here's here's my thing. We talked about this last week, and we said, you know, if they wanted to do the Kayla Harrison and Cyborg fight, that's like it would make sense to do it on pay per view, and that's the only fight that they could make that people would actually probably pay for. But how many people would you get? the The record for a non UFC is a hundred thousand. This isn't doing close to a hundred thousand. Like you know, for for those two, maybe maybe fifty. But the problem is, is that they're Kayla Harrison's going to be in this tournament and the pay-per-view is the tournament finals. Yeah. Well, like so, I said, well, like I was saying last week, when we talked about it, you know, that fight probably isn't an option until next year anyway. So, right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, what, what is it? So maybe they're going to get cyborg to do a showcase fight on this. If her Bellator's contract's over, I could see that. And then if Kayla Harrison is fighting, you know, for the finals in the main event, um, you know, and then they got to hope that the right people make the finals in their other divisions. But I don't, you know, obviously that's not necessarily, you know, obviously nothing's guaranteed from what we've seen from these guys originally. But what I will say, the, the positive that I saw out of all this is the fact that um, a lot of their shows are going to be on ESPN. So that is going to increase their profile. And and when we talk about, you know, 150,000 people watching on ESPN too, you minimum, you're going to double that being on ESPN. But the problem is, if, is if they're only doing 300,000 viewers on ESPN, I don't know how long they'll be on ESPN. Um, any one of these shows that's currently scheduled for ESPN could easily get moved to ESPN two or even ESPN plus, um, because they're, you know, most of their stuff is doing like half million viewers in prime time. Um, so they're not going to put up with 300,000 for a thing. You know, I don't imagine they're paying for this content. Um, it's possible, but, um, maybe they're looking at UFC and, you know, the amount of buys they get for UFC pay-per-view and thinking, oh, you know, if we even do 10% of this, we'll be fine. Well, they probably aren't going to do 10% of what UFC does. So, uh, it's, it's, it's an experiment though. Um, anything else you want to add on that? No, I might go. They're having their first few shows of the year. Uh, oh yeah, and, in, 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 local to me here in in Arlington. Yeah, yeah, in Arlington. So I might check out some PFL action, action especially. I, you especially know, what, with, I'd, I'd love it if you did that. Yeah, especially. You know, I gotta look. You know, I gotta look. Look, I'll tell you something off air, off air about it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, especially go see Kayla Harrison live, and I know Anthony Pettis is going to be back in the lightweight tournament, tournament on April twentieth. You know. 
So you know, I might go check. I might go check out some PFL. Roy McDonald. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, okay. So n- n- fights. There's not a lot uh, this week, uh, but there was a few. Uh, w- I mean, you mentioned the strawweight fight. Um, yeah, really. There's not much else here. Anything you think's worth highlighting? The Misha uh, Tate fight, I guess. Yeah, they moved the Misha Tate Lauren Murphy fight to uh, UFC 276 on July 2nd, International Fight Week. Uh, here was an interesting thing. We talked to. We talked to. Couple of months ago, Caitlin Chukagian, when she last fought, it was her last fight on the UFC on her UFC contract. And oh, we were kind of, was she the second one? Yeah, we were surprised? kind. Of, yeah, we were kind of talking about you know it might be best for her to move on, move on because of just where she was in the division. But but uh, you know, in UFC, you know, she's not necessarily the most exciting fighter. But but she signed a new UFC deal and she's gonna fight Amanda Hebus uh, May fourteenth, UFC Fight Night. So I mean, that should be interesting fight. And Amanda Hebus moving back. Back up to flyweight. Uh, uh, UFC 273, April 9th, we had a uh, Dracus Duplessis and Anthony Hernandez. They both lost their original opponents, so now they're going to fight each other on that card. Cool. And then the one of the Bellator show, the Bellator shows in uh, Hawaii. Uh, Yancey Medeiros is going to fight in Hawaii for Bellator against Emmanuel Sanchez. Sanchez, so yeah, that's on uh, the April 20th. He's, he's one of the guys that would always ask for UFC to go there in his post-fight promos, so yeah. he must be super happy to be fighting there. And uh, last one, I'll last two I'll highlight. Uh, UFC Fight Night, May 21st, middleweight fight. Chidi and Jokowani against Dusko Todorovic. And then UFC 275, June 11th, middleweight fight, Brendan Allen against Jacob Malkoon. Makes sense. Malkoon's Robert Whitaker's main training partner, and Whitaker and Vittoria are fighting on that card. So that's, you know. Cool. So. That All right. It. And then, uh, so, yeah. And then for this weekend, uh, besides the UFC show, uh, we got the PFL Challenger Series on, it says UFC Fight Pass in your column here. Whoops. I thought it was on that Fubu, Fubu or whatever. Fubo TV. That yeah. is a, that right. is a fook up from, from, by me there. <laughs> That see our editor should have caught that. Um, LFA one twenty seven. I self edit, so that's my bad. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. LFA one twenty seven is on Friday on UFC Fight Pass and Fury FC fifty nine from uh, your backyard. Well, for four hours south of your backyard, uh, Hugh from Houston on Fight Pass on Sunday. So check out some future. Yeah, UFC and, uh, I didn't. I didn't list them, but. But I think uh, it's either Thursday, Friday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But there's three UAE Warriors shows all oh, yeah. on all on UFC Fight Pass this week. So I believe I uh, now I want to check it. Um, I think my buddy uh, who I got I want to get on our show sometime. Jesse Arnett's um, fighting on the show. Is, I think he's, he's fighting on one of the shows. Yeah, he's fighting on the second yeah. show. I know that. He is okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I gotta reach out to him and try to get him on the show sometime. He he likes to do stuff like this. So yeah. So check that out. That those will be on UFC Fight Pass. That's really cool. Um, I didn't uh, I didn't even know they were uh, on UFC Fight Pass. Yeah. Who's he fighting? Uh, I think I pulled up the wrong card here. It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. Austin Arnett's fighting on that show too. All right, so that's this weekend. So there, yeah, lots of lots of MMA for uh, all you fans out there. So that'll be just about do it. Uh, so everybody, check out Ryan's column. Uh, I tweeted out earlier today. It's the MMA roundup. 
kind of must read for anybody. You get all the stuff early. Um, and then Ryan will have his uh, coverage of UFC London in the Observer this week, uh, released probably Friday morning. And then you'll have your preview of UFC Columbus also on Fight Game Media. And we'll be back next week uh, just before I hit the road uh, to uh, my road to WrestleMania. So we'll be back with another show. We'll be going over UFC uh, Columbus and uh, and then with nothing to preview. So, uh, so uh, for Ryan, I am Paul, and this has been In the Clinch. Take us home, Ryan. All right. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.